This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. Right now it is trade deadline day. Marvio Chol is the new hawk. Marvio, it is an absolute honour to have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, good, man. How are you going? I'm really good, thank you. What's been yeah. and what's been like the off season for you so far? Um, yeah, it's obviously been a weird one. Um, you know, having a couple of years still on my contract at the Gold Coast and then having to get a trade. So it's probably been a stressful one. Hasn't been a really enjoyable one, but um, yeah, I'm kind of glad everything is done now. So um, hopefully I could enjoy the rest of my time off by getting away somewhere. Um, but yeah, at the moment, just trying to pack my stuff and move down. So no, nah, it's been good. Yeah, beautiful. Where are you looking to get away to? Um, not sure yet. Um, obviously Bali is probably the easy one, or New Zealand. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go with one of those. Amazing. Now, I want to get into a bit about your career and your journey. Can you tell me a bit about, I guess, your childhood and what growing up was like for you? Um, yeah, obviously, um, born in South Sudan. Um, yeah, I'm the oldest of six siblings, so got a massive responsibility there. But yeah, growing up and then. Lived in Egypt for a couple of years, so probably about two years from what I can recall. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much moved to Australia when I was about six, seven years old. So it's been a long journey. Lived in Brisbane pretty much my whole life until I got drafted, um, then moved down to Melbourne. So, yeah. What was that like? You mentioned, um, I guess, being one of six kids and I guess the oldest. You mentioned there was a fair bit of responsibility there. Can you talk us through what that's like? Um, yeah, it's, it's quite enjoyable actually being the oldest in my family and, you know, I've got a younger brother who's about nine years old now and yeah, just the connection and the bond that we have together is pretty, pretty special. So, um, to be honest, it's actually not a bad thing as well. So it's pretty enjoyable, but the house can get hectic as well during Christmas and a couple of family events. Yeah, absolutely. What are the perks of it? Yeah, um, (laughs) pretty crazy, but it's it's good. It's good. Now, what was, I guess, your junior sports like? I mean, obviously, I believe you dabbled in a couple of different sports. When was it that you really sort of set your mind to footy? Um, Probably I was about the age of 16. Um, Obviously, growing up, played a bit of of soccer, which is, you know, it's pretty common back at home where – where I was born, and then, um, yeah, since I moved to Australia, I played a bit of basketball as well. But, yeah, probably at the age of 16, I had to decide if I wanted to play basketball or um, um, Aussie rule. So, yeah, pretty obvious which way I went. So um, that's probably the right choice at the end. How did you make that decision and what was involved in that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, basketball, probably it's more to do with the lack of opportunity here, um, where Aussie rule... You know, I was lucky enough to be in the Brisbane Lions Academy. Um, and, yeah, I pretty much developed there and training there a fair bit. So, um, yeah, that was pretty easy. You know, just being in the Lions Academy kind of kind of gave me that a bit of head start um, ahead of basketball and just kind of made my decision to come pretty, pretty easy um, at the end of the day. So you played for the World 18 team at the Under-16 National Championships in 2013. Can you elaborate, uh, I guess, on this experience? Um, yeah, it was quite special. Um, 
obviously with the world team, it's pretty much kids all, um, pretty much all multicultural kids. So I'm mm-hmm. um, just going there, um, knowing that there was going to be a few guys from different background, kind of made it a bit of easy, easy transition for me to able to go down to Sydney and play there. Um, and I was quite lucky actually to have Kudufidi as my coach there. So wow. uh, it's pretty special just, you know, him being such a Carlton legend and learning a fair bit of, bit of stuff um, from him was quite, quite special. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, yeah, like I said, um, was very special just being a part of that team and, you know, having a pretty good success. What team did you go for growing up? Um, I was actually a big Sydney Swan fan, so wow. I was a ma- massive fan of Adam Goods. Um, yeah. yeah, someone who I pretty much idolized growing up. You mentioned it sort of made and settled your nerves and made it a bit easier going into that world team, knowing there was um different like cu- cultures. Um, I guess all uniting and coming together was that something that you struggled with coming into Australia? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, obviously earlier. Earlier when I moved here and being such a young kid, um, just a lot of guys, you know, not understanding my culture and, you know, where I came from. And then obviously being a, just a different different skin colour um, made it a bit hard. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like, obviously there was just a bit of learning that they, you know, need to learn. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean... Kind of met a lot of guys that you know who understand my story and understand where I came from. So um, it was struggle at the start, but just with a few chats and and lesson there, um, people do get their head around it pretty quickly. So can you talk us through, I guess, a little bit about your culture and I guess what your core values are and how that sort of translates into life in footy? Um, yeah. So my culture. Um, yeah. So. Obviously, coming from South Sudan, um, I'm a Dinka boy, uh, Dinka Bor, um, and my mum. So my dad is Dinka, and my mum is Fujulu. So two different culture, um, but yeah, growing up, obviously, you know, such a strong heritage. Um, and to be honest, like leaving back home such a young age, um, I probably didn't learn too too much about my culture, um, and that's something I wanted to do since I moved here and I still haven't had the chance to go back yet. So, but yeah, um, pretty much, yeah, that's really a bit about my culture, really. Yeah, absolutely. Now, talk us through the decision to join the Queensland Development Pathway and the Lions Academy. You mentioned before how influential that was uh, in your development. Um, Yeah, it was massive. Obviously, with the Lions Academy, I started there at a pretty young age, I think about the age of 13 or 14. Um. And, you know, obviously I was just new to the game and learning and, you know, I was lucky enough to have a few ex-Lions players that came along down to training and helped me, you know, develop my game and just to learn a few stuff from them. So it was quite special. And then obviously with the Queensland program, um, I was lucky as well to have Andrew Fletcher as my coach, um, who also played for the Lions as well. So it was, yeah, pretty special just having a few ex-AFL players around me and, Kind of made you know made me learn a lot and what it took to get to the AFL, um, but as well I was just kind of grateful just to be in that environment where there's a lot of good players as well. What's your takeaway most from those kinds of guys like Andrew Fletcher? Um, I think it's probably more to do with the chats that we had. Um, you know what it takes to get there and 
just the ability to go training and, you know, them actually making you work on stuff that's pretty value value to the game and you learn you're just learning a lot from these guys. Um yeah. and, you know, I had few as well, few ruck guys as well. Um ruck as well as the ruck ruck coaches, sorry. Um, you know, they just taught me a lot of, you know, what it took and, you know, just the hard work to actually make it instead of you know, just coming to training and just floating through drills and not actually having any purpose. And now, can you? How did playing, I guess, in Aspley for in the AFL um, contribute to, I guess, your physique and developing that side of your game to build a bit of muscle? Um, geez, I, I don't think I've actually got any muscles at the moment. Um, <laughs> still, still, I'm still trying to put on some muscles, but yeah, playing for Aspley, obviously, played played in the needful with them. Um, I was pretty cool. Um, obviously there was you know a lot of big body guys, and just being such a young seventeen year old who was quite skinny at the time, um, kind of made me mature a fair bit quickly. Um, obviously you know the game requires a fair bit of you know demanding as well in your body. So just having to be there, training with a lot of big bodies, um, kind of matured me quite quickly. Um, just you know for the next step as well. You walk in their first day training against all these big bodies. What's a young Marby or Chol thinking? Um, quite nervous actually. Um, you know, I was probably about seventy kilos when um I was training with these guys, and even when I went to Richmond as well, I was quite quite skinny and probably weighing still seventy. Um, so yeah, it was quite intimidating just you know walking into that environment, but. At the same time, there was a lot of excitement because I knew, you know, I was going there to actually play games, but also to learn a lot from, you know, a lot of experienced guys around me. Now, the 2015 curtain raiser, it was something to remember, wasn't it? You played for the Allies ahead of the grand final. Can you expand on that experience and the atmosphere that was created there that day? Um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a while ago. I actually don't really remember much from that game, but... Um, yeah, because it happened so quick and also playing at the G was pretty special because, like, obviously as a young kid, you always wanted to play there. And just being there present at the moment, I probably probably don't recall the game too much because, you know, just being at the MCG was quite special. Um, And just, yeah, like, obviously there was a fair bit of crowd there building up, you know, for the AFL Grand Final, but... Um, you're probably more starstruck just looking around and how big the stadium was. Um, so it's kind of hard to recall what I actually did that day. But, yeah, it was pretty special just being out there. Did that have more fire to your belly in terms of this is where I want to go and this is where I want to be? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you had a taste playing at the G um, when I was about 17, 18, just before the draft. So that kind of made me, you know, I was like, all right, I want to actually do want to play here a fair bit. So... Um, yeah, it was pretty special. Um, kind of, you know, mo- motivated me as well, trying to get to that next stage. Talk us through the draft combine and what that was like for you, because you broke some records there. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, obviously, you're among, you know, a lot of young, talented um, players, um, and and you know, who are all there to impress as well. So, I mean, with me, I knew like I was quite athletic, so. You know, the much, you know, if I could use that as much as I can in any any of the um, testing, um, it could put me in good hands. So um, for me, it was probably more about just bringing my strength, which my, you know, 
my agilities and stuff and acquired did did well pretty actually did pretty well on like the 40 meter sprint and the agility testing and also i think um can't remember what it was but yeah a couple other good things so um it's pretty cool um you know got to a few good records so it's quite quite special well first in the vertical jump 334 centimeters second in the running vertical at 357 centimeters what are your memories i guess about those and is there a particularly i guess fitness testing in, at the combine that you really liked um yeah i mean those vertical stuff it's yeah it's probably something you know it's probably one of my strengths so i knew i knew going there i could test pretty well um and i did want it to win that day but i think got you new in um biggie's older brother i think he got me by a bit so it's quite special and Having to be about 69, 70 kilos back then, um, I really enjoyed the 3K time trial. So I actually ran pretty well, I think, that day. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good, but, yeah. You mentioned a couple of times being 69, 70 kilos and those kinds of things. How have you built, I guess, more, I guess, physique to your body to be able to compete at AFL level with, I guess, some of the premier defenders in the comp? Um, I mean, going in, obviously, you know, getting drafted, um, every club kind of told me I was quite skinny. So, you know, knowing, knowing that, you know, if I do get drafted, my first priority was going to be adding a bit of kilos, um, and getting stronger into gym as well. So, um, obviously when I first got to Richmond, my main focus was probably spending a fair bit of time in the gym. And I think my first year I added about 13, 14 kilos. Um, so yeah, which quite well, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so it kind of put me in a position where I could actually compete. Um, obviously spending a fair bit of time in the VFL. So, um, you know, probably early on in my career, I kind of struggled a bit carrying all that weight. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, pretty much now I kind of actually do enjoy having a bit of, bit of, you know, a bit of kilos on my, in my body. So. Uh, makes a big difference. Talk us through that draft process and I guess how many different clubs spoke to you at what times? Um, so, yeah, obviously during the um, the draft combine, you do go into meetings and stuff. So I did meet with a few clubs who were quite interested. Um, but at the time, you probably be thinking, oh, everyone's saying this, but you're probably more nervous, you know, when it, when it comes to the draft night. You're probably um just hoping that you get picked up anywhere um either the rookie or the national draft. So I was pretty lucky to get picked in the national draft uh, by Richmond. So it was pretty special, and I'm still grateful to this day that they picked me up and gave me the opportunity to actually live my childhood dream. So um yeah, it's quite nervous actually um because you just don't know if you're gonna get picked up or not. Uh, especially having a few chats um with a few clubs as well. So but I, yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, I was very very grateful that I got picked up. So where were you when your name got called out and um, how did you feel when you heard her called? Um, I was actually asleep when the uh, the rookie draft was happening. Um, <laughs> obviously, like I said to you earlier, um, with, that, with the time different, I was, you know, probably, yeah, at home in Brisbane, I was waiting for 11 o'clock to come around so I could watch her, but... Obviously, Melbourne being an hour ahead, it really happened. And I got a few missed calls when I was asleep and I had no idea who was calling me. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, they eventually ended up 
you know, con- contacting my school teacher who I was pretty close with um, and told him the news and he pretty much passed it on. So, uh, yeah, it was quite quite of a funny moment, but uh, it's fun to remember for sure. What were your emotions like hearing that from, I guess, a school teacher? Um, I was probably more shocked and a bit of excitement as well because I got up and I was screaming and then mum came running to my room and was like, oh, what's going on? I was like, oh, so I told her the good news. So she was absolutely stoked as well. So um, there was a bit of mixed emotion, but um, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, probably more and, you know, more happiness that came out of it. So you didn't make your debut, obviously, until round 23 that year against Sydney. What was that like? Were you just running around like a headless chook? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, and the stat sheet does say that a fair bit. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, I do remember that game pretty well because obviously, you know, Sydney, a team that I grew up supporting. Um, and then, yeah, played in Sydney at the SCG, which was quite special because it was obviously a uh, full house. Um, I think about 50,000 that I could remember. And then, honestly, I don't remember much of the game because we got mapped uh, by 110 point, I believe. Um, yeah. so, Probably after that, I wasn't really a big fan of Sydney, um, but yeah, you know, it was good. It was good, definitely, to you know, to to make my debut early in my career. But probably one not to remember as well. So, what were you focused on heading into that twenty seventeen season after making your debut? Um, can you repeat that again, sorry? What were you focused on uh, heading into that twenty seventeen season after making your debut? Um. Obviously, you had a taste of it, and I knew what's what's going to take, you know, to actually get more games. So I um, had to go back and obviously get stronger and fitter. Um, and I think the following year, I played a bit of game. Oh, can't, no, I actually didn't play any game that year. Um, had a few injuries as well that came along. But, um, but yeah, like, obviously, you know, I knew I had to work hard to, to actually, actually make it, but a um, few injuries and setback as well didn't help. What was the feedback from the coaches? Um, I think the feedback was probably more to do with my strength and conditioning. So that's to get fitter um, and mainly probably get more stronger because um, back then, yeah, obviously, my fitness wasn't a massive problem. Um, and then... Um, yeah, just probably focus more on my on my gym program to actually get stronger and you know help me more in the contest. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much the main feedback, really. Twenty eighteen, that injury, um, I guess, on your fifth metatarsal, I believe, um, in your foot. Can you talk us through the rehab process, um, for you and how I guess overcoming that injuries built you up for long term success? Um. Yeah, the injury was probably probably was probably more of the annoying thing that I had to wrap my head around it because previously I haven't really had any serious injury. Um, I think the rehab is probably I can't remember how long it was exactly, but um, yeah. So just to actually, you know, get a better understanding of the injury and then the rehab, what is it going to take? Um, you know, I had a lot of good physios and, you know, fitness guys around me at the club and, you know, a lot of support as well. So um, I feel like that injury really, you know, put me in a position to come back even stronger and fitter because I was spending a fair bit of time in the gym um, and probably more in the, um, 
around the cross training stuff. Um, so yeah, that kind of helped me actually. It was pretty, you know, to be honest, it was probably more of a positive um, that I got injured because it kind of made me work a bit harder and get stronger as well in the gym and gave me a bit of time as well on my hand to focus on my strength as well. So um, yeah, which was good. And then yeah, came back and played VFL for the rest of the year. Um, and I think we played. I don't know if that was the year that we played in a granny, um, but yeah. Well, you came in in 2019 firing at VFL level, kicking 12 goals uh, within five matches. Obviously, you were versatile playing both ruck and forward. How did you find maturing uh, into that role? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Obviously, you know, my, my main position was probably more as a key forward um, yeah. and, and playing as a ruck as well, just to go up the ground and use my my agility and my speed. Um, you know, that's something that I probably have a bit over a lot of tall guys. Um, so, yeah, for me, I knew, you know, if I do play a lot of senior footy, it's going to be probably forward and then going into ruck as well. So, and trying to use more of my strength. Um Obviously, you know, I'm not a not the tallest ruckman going around if I do go in there or the strongest. Um, but if I could bring my strength to the table, that could help the team a lot. So um, yeah, also playing those games probably just made me learn a lot, um, you know, of like a lot of skill that I probably didn't know. Um, and also just a bit of exposure as well. Um, just knowing that you're playing, you know, against a lot of good players. Um, and then yeah, hopefully I could, you know, take a lot of notes out of these guys. Uh, that was pretty much my mentality. And then, um, you know, trying to add it to my game. Talk us through that 2019 premiership and what that was like with all the guys. Yeah, it was quite special. Um, obviously, you know, the VFL wound up daddy and also the AFL as well. So um, just having to be a part of that, um was quite special. Um, obviously, you know, with the Richmond VFL winning um, a week before the AFL won it. So, um, yeah, it was pretty special for the club. Obviously, it was a long time since, you know, the football club won a premiership. Um, and just to be a part of all that experience, um, even not having to play in the AFL grand final, but just being there and seeing what it means to a lot of guys who've been at the club for so long with that success um, was quite special as well. And being a young kid, that kind of, you know, not being there kind of motivate you want to want to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was quite special um, and something I'll cherish forever, just being a part of it. Craig McRae had high applause for you. Talk us through and inside the mind of Fly and what he was like at Richmond back in 2019. Um, yeah, obviously Fly, who's coaching at Collingwood now, um, and you've probably seen a bit of stuff in the media about how caring of a bloke he is. And that's something he brought to us um, in 2019. And to this day, he still hasn't changed because you can still, you know, hear from a lot of blokes that are playing at Collingwood. And of, you know, he's such a caring guy and, yeah. you know, he's like a father figure to a lot of guys as well. So, um, now Fly is such an incredible man and, you know, he's very humble as well and very supportive as well. So, um yeah. Did it come of any surprise to you when he was announced as head coach or had the premiership success this year? No, nah, not really, to be honest. Um, obviously, you know, being with Fly and Richmond for a couple of years um, and obviously being coached by him, um, it's not a really a big surprise that he went to Collingwood as a head coach and, you know, 
this year as well. Everyone saw that, you know, he, he actually belongs there. So um, I don't think it's a big surprise at all. And, you know, he deserves everything that comes his way because he's such an incredible man. The 2020 bubble season, can you talk us through where you guys were located, what that was like? Obviously, you played um, 11 of a potential 21 matches that year. Uh, yeah, so obviously, COVID year, um, football club had to move to the Gold Coast for, I can't remember how long, but a fair bit of chunk of the year. Um, and, we'll, and, you know, we're located up here for a fair bit. So, um, yeah, the hub was pretty special. Um, was obviously, it special to be back home too, obviously, for yeah, yourself? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you know, family were up in Brisbane, um, only about 40-minute drive, so... You know, that was pretty good being close to them. Um, and just with the hub life was quite special, just living with your teammate every day and see what they get up to and just hanging out as well. Um, it's pretty cool. And, you know, there's no better place, you know, to do it in the Gold Coast with your teammates. So that was pretty cool, I thought. Um, and obviously, you know, being at Richmond when I was there, um, they're such a tight group and we were such a tight group as well. And, you know, that's what brought us the win in 2020 as well. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool just living with everyone, really. Just seeing the like of Dusty, Revol, Koch and what they get up to on their, you know, day-to-day life. And, yeah. What makes guys like Dusty, Nick Rewald and Trent Cochin so special? Um, Obviously, everyone knows, you know, they're such a – such a good players, you know, um, and they've shown that for such a long time. But I think just the stuff they do off the field, um, like, you know, the extra training that they do, the extra recovery, um, just to get their body right. Um, just what seeing that first hand was quite quite special. Um, and also just, you know, knowing that how of a layback they are actually when they're not playing footy and they're very caring people as well. So um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool as well, just seeing that firsthand, hanging around with these guys. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty special moment as well. Yeah, I want to get to the end of 2021, your exit interview at Richmond. Can you talk us through what that was like? Um, yeah, it was probably a weird one because obviously, you know, I got traded as well the following year. Yeah. Um, but I think with me, just... You know, going to that exit meeting and probably telling them that, you know, I was seeking for more opportunity of game time and um, actually having a proper go. So, um, yeah, just went there, pretty much told these guys that I was going to explore more option and obviously ended up with the Golkers as well. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty much it, really. Um, probably just seeking more opportunity going to that exit interview. You've been playing with some incredible athletes. Um, like yourself throughout the last two years of Gold Coast guys like Noah Anderson, Matty Rao, Levi Casbolt this year. What's it been like to share the field with some of those guys and how guys, especially like Levi Casbolt, had an impact on your game? Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, obviously, you know, the like of Rally and Noz, um, you know, people see how good of the football is going and, you know, it doesn't come as a surprise to me for these two guys because they obviously come in and just seeing them firsthand, they work really hard on their craft and that's something they do pretty well throughout the whole year and pretty much throughout the off-season as well. So 
does it come as a surprise to me that their footy does a lot of the talking? Um, and just having Levi as well, obviously last year, um, I probably, you know, obviously I kicked the most goal, but Levi's probably leadership and um, obviously his leadership that helped me a lot to get those goals. And, you know, he's such a big body guy and does a lot of hard work that probably goes, you know, very unnoticed. So, um, so yeah, um, obviously Levi has been massive, you know, in my career as well. I, even though it's been such a short time, um, he's such a such a humbling guy and just willing to do anything for the team. Look, us through the VFL Grand Final this year. Icon Park against the Worry Tigers, you end up winning by about 20 to 30 points. Yeah, that was pretty, probably use this word a fair bit of time, but special as well. Um, you know, obviously club's first premiership, um, in any level um, and just being a part of that um, was pretty cool obviously having to play a fair bit of VFL this year um, it's probably something no one want to do but you know with our head coach Josh Drummond um, you know he built such a such an incredible environment that you're actually pretty keen to go to work and you know to improve and play, you know when games do come you do want to play for your teammates as well so um, that was cool and you know just the whole experience being part of that first premiership um, is something I would Cherish forever, um, and you know there's such a there's a lot of good guys there that you know you build a lot of good connection with, um, and it's something you know that I'll hold close to my heart for the rest of my you know my career and my lifestyle as well. So let's talk about the trade period this year. How early did those negotiations, I guess, sort of start for you with the Hawks and between you guys yourself, your camp, the Hawks and the Suns? Um, yeah, with the trade period, pretty much. Started probably just after after the VFL Grand Final. Um, obviously, um, yeah, the club pretty much told me it's probably best for me to go somewhere else. So, um, and I, you know, I understood that. Um, and then obviously there was a few clubs interested. Um, and yeah, pretty much came down to the Hawks really, just having you know Sam Mitchell as the head coach and. Being such a young list, um, you know, I thought he'd be perfect to go there. So, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that got done. And, yeah, I'm just pretty much excited, really, for my next, you know, my next journey with the Hawks. And, you know, definitely, definitely going to be my last as well. What do you feel you can bring to this young Hawks side that Hawks fans can be excited about this season? Um, yeah, definitely my strength. Um, obviously... You know, in the past, I've been questioned, you know, with, you know, like obviously my work rate and um, probably just the inconsistency of my game. So, you know, my off-season is definitely trying to focus on those two parts, um, on my conditioning and also just ability to stay in the game for such a long period of time. Because um, I think if I can stand in the game for a very long time, um, yeah, it will definitely help my game as well. So... Um, yeah, that's my two main focus, just to bring more of my strength and a bit of consistency as well. Sam Mitchell sold a massive vision to um, a couple of guys. Spoken with Lloyd Meek from Hawthorne, who you'll be joining shortly. He said um, Sam Mitchell and his wife, Lyndall, flew out to WA. Did did Sam Mitchell fly up to the Gold Coast for yourself? No, I was actually in Melbourne at the time um, when I had had caught up with Sam Mitchell. So, um yeah, so when I was in Melbourne, I thought it was probably a perfect time to do it. So went over to his place and, you know, met his family as well. So 
Um, I thought I was pretty cool and met a couple of boys, um, the like of CJ and MP. So, um, yeah, just having being there and catching up with these guys kind of made everything a lot easier. My decision to come pretty clear where I wanted to go as well. So, yeah. For Hawthorne, I guess as a coaching staff and group, kind of want to get, I guess, out of you uh, heading into 2024. Can you repeat that again? Sorry. What a Hawthorne as a coaching group. Um and playing group as well. Want to get out of you in twenty twenty four? Um yeah, obviously. Um, they obviously you know showed a fair bit of interest, and I think for them, you know, they, I think they're more keen of just me, you know, building, building my, my game. Um, and like I said, the consistency part of my game as well. Um, that's something that they mentioned that they're really keen to build, and you know, and obviously become the best player I can. Because um, I still believe my footies are my best footy still ahead of me, and um, I think just going there, I'm pretty keen on what they said of how they're going to improve my game. So now I'm looking forward to it, um, and I can't wait to get to work with these guys. Who are you most looking forward to playing alongside? Um, obviously, um, Mitch Lewis is probably one um, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, watched a bit of his game last year as well, and. You know, it's a very exciting player and probably my homeboy, CJ. Um, but I'm looking forward to actually playing the same same team and, you know, go to training together and just hanging out more often. So, now I'm looking forward um, to that and just pretty much meeting everyone, really. Absolutely. Marvio, best of luck for next year. What would be the best advice you'd have to anyone who wants to make the AFL and be a leader, make the elite level like yourself? Um. Probably one thing I could say, just keep being you. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of negative, you know, feedback or negative thought. Um, for me, probably what I'm going to say is probably block all that negative and just focus on yourself. Um, so, yeah, um, that's something I've been doing the last couple of years. Obviously, I've had a fair bit of negative feedback from people saying I don't belong to the AFL and there's always going to be people like that in this world, but I think the more you believe in yourself, um, the more you can get out of yourself. Have you tried to deal with those people? Um, for me, obviously, you know, there's there's a lot a lot that goes into social media. Um, try to stay away from that. Um, with like this like of Instagram, um, just turned off all my DM requests. Um, so I don't get any negative feedback or anything. So, um, I think the more I could stay away from these people, you know, the more you do. You just feel clear in the mind as well. Absolutely. Marb, you're, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an absolute honour to have you on today and best of luck for your time with the Hawks. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Marv. You'll stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.